Welcome to a brand new show that uh, Art and Labor is producing. <laughs> um, my name is OK Fox, and I'm joined by my dear friend, Eric Cossack-Williams. Hi. Eric. Um, Hello. Cartoonist extraordinaire in Toronto. Toronto. Um, uh, nightlife faggette. Um, Why? Uh coming out with a new book in this this summer um yeah be 2 sure before we know it 2 a.m eternal look out for it um this show is as of yet unnamed but <laughs> we will be watching an episode of sex in the city and an episode of gossip girl and talking about them sequentially every week Oof. Yeah. How do you feel about that? We, really, we said we'd do that, didn't we? As I was mentioning, I was mentioning to OK before we were starting, I was like, ah, Gossip Girl has like, the Gossip Girl's like network TV ass seasons, like 25 episodes or something. So. I don't know, but you know, we're here. Like, <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into because I've <laughs> never seen either show. Um, yeah, I can't for people, that. people who don't know me, I'm an artist based in New York City in Queens, and uh, I'm from New York, and uh, I avoided both of these shows my whole life. <laughs> um, probably just because they hit too close to home, but um, <laughs> maybe other psychological reasons we'll get into <laughs> but, um eric on the other hand has watched both shows entirely well yeah i mean i've watched both i've watched kind of non-linearly like sex in the city um was very much just kind of like in the water and all around growing up um how did it, it air in canada we i think we got it on showtime like the canadian equivalent of hbo Mm -hmm. Um, but most of my friends got into it when they started putting it out on DVD, like in yeah. the early 2000s, probably. So we would right. like rent it and be like scandalized because when even when they showed it on TV, they would cut out a lot of the spiciest stuff. Like they'd cut out right. the boobs and like some of the swearing. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of naughty for us to watch it. And um, it's one that I love to come back to because I think like. There's lots of it that's silly, but there's some like very profound parts of it that I feel like I relate to in different ways as I get older, you know? And I feel like we're both approaching the ages that the that three of the four women are when the show starts. Like they're all like mid thirties yeah. gals about town. So Yeah, to 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 me it reminds me of a Jose manga. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's like I, yeah, I, yeah I, I never got into like um like of the, these like american shows but i i don't know i grew up like reading a lot of like shoujo manga and like 
um there there's like there's like different like manga about like women in their 30s like and their sex lives that i like uh that i was into or maybe not quite their 30s like nana i think they're in their 20s and i loved nana growing up oh cute um, and more recently i read uh tokyo tarareba girls which is like like it's basically like a tokyo sex in the city kind of oh um, yeah uh, are they talking about lurid sex things at brunch basically but they like they go drinking and they go to like mm-hmm. they like they like drink after work and and all oh yeah fun. like it's um i i love that so it's like that's a vibe i'm like totally down with it's oh just yeah like, but for, I don't I, like. I vaguely remember like it kind of like coming on my TV sometimes. Like, did like Fox or something like have it with The Simpsons sometimes? Maybe I don't really. Yeah, know. I could see that. I bet yeah. Fox similarly to Showtime like aired a censored version of it or something. Like a censored version yeah. that wasn't the HBO version. Um, I, I I don't think my mom watched it, or else if my mom had watched it, I probably would have watched some of it with her at least. But no, I feel like did. it was really like targeted at Gen X when it was coming out. Like it was very yeah. much their show in the way that Gossip Girl is ours for better or worse. Oh, for worse, but we'll get to <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was struck by, um, you know, a lot of different stuff right off the bat. Like, yeah, uh, I'm just so curious to hear your POV as someone who's never seen any of this, like your first impressions. Yeah, I like the way the show looks so much. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I I fell into like a deep Sopranos hole during Covida lockdown years and it's like a similar era of hbo filmmaking i feel like i don't know that back when like there was just like proper crews for shit and (laughs) uh you know just like things just look really good and like i um i like all the like locations you know yeah. Um that they shoot in and like just seeing all that stuff now. I think it's like that's the thing. It's like look, watching gossip or no watching Sex in the City now and looking at like that <laughs> Manhattan in the 90s is so nice and nostalgic for me. It's so oh. like it's so like yeah, it kind of it was kind of really chill like Manhattan was like a chill place to be in. Yeah. Like in, in no phones, we were all just in the moment <laughs> vibing. <laughs> That's true, um, though. It, it was like it was like there was like places you could go and like be a a person, uh, and like um, not and not everything was like a lunch hours only chain restaurant uh, mm. with no seats and uh, like just soulless fucked up bullshit like every like <laughs> everywhere you turn like i i go to manhattan now and i it makes me like want to die um the girls I, would be gossiping at sweet green now that would be and that's i feel like okay well we'll get to that with 
with fucking Gossip Girl, but like, <laughs> that's the that's the future, right? Like that's like yeah, that's the future. Unless like unless like you're extremely wealthy, like the girls in Gossip Girl, that's your like yeah, that's mm-hmm. and there's no none well, of these jobs. None of these jobs are exist. <laughs> yeah totally yeah fuck um and i was really struck because like i i could be wrong about this i'm uh not someone who researches things that properly but my vibe is that uh people i mean friends of mine anyway have been quite hard on sex in the city season one um because i feel like it doesn't fully like become what it's known for until season two or so like they have that motif in the first season of Carrie, like talking, like breaking the fourth wall and talking to you. Um, yeah. And that's something they drop. Oh, and they do. Maybe, yeah, maybe just after a few episodes or after the first season, I'll, I'll have to tune in and find out and remember. Um, but wow. it kind of reminds me of the Simpsons season one in a way where like both shows started out a bit less varnished. Right. Like a bit like kind of unpolished versions of what they became known for. But I really like both of those first seasons for that reason. Um, Cause as you were saying, like, um, I don't know. I like the quality of filmmaking in the first season of sex and the city. They look like real people like, you know, like they, yeah, like they're, they look, they're like dressed nicely and stuff, but they're not like magazine spread ready as they are in the seasons to come. You know, yeah. like it hadn't become an industry yet. Yeah, like there. Yeah, I I feel like it. It's placed well. Like I don't know, but yeah. And I guess looking at my <laughs> looking at my my notes, like the first thing I I noted was like, where is Carrie from? Where is she from? I have to know. Ooh. Oh <laughs> yeah, I don't, fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> she's like she's like coming over the bridge. She's coming over like the George Washington or whatever. Like, oh, I, yeah, I'm here from whatever. And now I'm a, a columnist. And there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of parallels to Gossip Girl there. But, um, and then the other, well, who's the one who is the art, the art dealer? Which one? Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte's the art dealer. And there's like a scene that's filmed at like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the current Zwerner location in chelsea oh Um, okay and um and then there's the the next scene i noted was drag brunch they're literally at drag brunch yeah like the opening scene like i think the first time we see them having a meal together it's at like a drag restaurant which is very cute it it reminded me a lot of Yaffa's, which was this like amazing little like cafe uh, near St. Mark's um, that just was like, yeah, just like a beautiful little vibe um, that is. Do you think it was fun. actually there? It could have been, but I I couldn't quite clock it. And it, it, it hmm. could have just been something very similar because like, you know, the 90s were a time of abundance. There were many little Yaffas. <laughs> True enough, one. yeah. Not just one, like, when I was there in the early 2000s. Uh, but, um, yeah, I was like, you know, 
I was really struck by that, like, especially like comparing it to Gossip Girl. I'm like, there's so many gay people just like around them. Mm, like, yeah, they're so like in, in their <laughs> lives, like, <laughs> like, yeah. And the way they're like the way they're exploring, um, like in the pilot, they're talking about um, it being the age of uninnocence and how like pe- like people are having sex, not just for romance. Um, and I'm just like, that's just my notes say like, that's just gay guy shit. Like they're very it's much just, just like, shit. yeah, they're just like getting into that. I mean, it was like, lar- it was written by a lot of gay guys. So right. I don't know. <laughs> it's a beautiful meeting point. <laughs> <laughs> it, like it, it defies gender in a lot of ways. And that, I feel like was a lot of like nineties New York um, Mm. was like this like convergence of like, um, yeah, like, like a reckoning like that didn't really happen post AIDS crisis. So then you have this like kind of like half, half reckoning, half like, um, uh, we're sick of doing reckonings. We're going to brunch. Attitude, right, right, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's just like a um, a moment of like trauma fatigue, like much oh, like yes. we're going That's through now. You know, where everyone's That's like, it. oh, exactly. I just have to like get out and have some fun. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's the the moment in that's depicted in the '90s. I think is much more similar to like the 2020s than mm. the um than the gossip girl depiction um yeah uh i think that that there, we have a lot more in common um like uh geo or like socially and politically um yeah and i mean like as we'll get into in a little bit i feel like uh, a lot of the vibes in Gossip Girl are familiar of how things like were or have been more recently. And I feel like early Sex and the City is way more aspirational for us right now. Like watching it, you kind of crave. Yeah, yeah you kind of crave yeah. like the vibe of like authenticity or like just kind of a different way of living your life every day. It's, it's crazy. true. That seems to be very much like on people's minds right now is like, yeah, how do we like have have a a coherent kind of like culture with each other post like huge traumatic events yeah Um, yeah and then like yeah going back to like the gender stuff like yeah gay guys writing stuff for women and women wanting to have sex quote-unquote like men is like the main (laughs) theme of the episode very trans very trans (laughs) samantha jones anyone yeah (laughs) she's so good i mean like a lot of the characters take a minute to fully like become themselves but um uh kim cattrall just like yeah she just like hits the ground running like she's in full form like from the beginning she's incredible canadian Um. excellence Oh, Canadian excellence. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, the the different like ways that they're working with, yeah, like um like yeah, like grappling with that, like grappling with like like the way Carrie does it, like like 
oh, I'm getting off and then I'm leaving type yeah. of thing is like, Carrie, you girl boss piece of shit. Like you don't have to like, <laughs> you don't have to be cruel. You don't have to be. No, it's something to- she's, tr- <laughs> it's very much something she's trying on, which is something yeah. <laughs> that we see like throughout the series. Like my, what I always say to people, and I think it's like a widely held opinion is like, one of the big like j- unintentional jokes of the series is that carries this like sex columnist. She's such a fucking prude at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> um, like anytime she's being bold, she's very much doing it like as kind of a cosplay moment where she's like, look at what I just did. Um, it's still a while to come, but there's an episode where, a guy she's dating comes out as bisexual and she like freaks out about oh it. Oh my God. That's very exciting. <laughs> I'm like, and you're the worst sex columnist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. She's not actually from New York. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Establish that she's like yeah. coming here. I'm guessing mm. from fucking Connecticut or Ohio yeah. or something like that. And like, <laughs> and then, and, and she's a meshing herself into all these connecticut girls it's a drag race reference (laughs) (laughs) they do be like this there's so many parallels Mm. to 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 today and and our (laughs) our fucking scene and our fucking culture like yeah like okay so and then she her bff is a gay guy right yes um stanford and it's weird because for such a gay show i feel like um, I often take issue with how kind of want want the few gay characters are in it, but they're not very know, good. Can't, yeah, can't have everything. <laughs> I mean, Stanford is like the type of gay guy who would be best friends with um, a bullshit media columnist that, like, probably <gasps> most New Yorkers hate. So, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it, like checks out like it's like do we want like a cool guy to be around Carrie? <laughs> like oh that's true like, no right like, why would we want that <laughs> could you imagine like like ooh, i want to hang out with like the piece of shit who works at the magazine i like who wants to hang out with like New York Times reporters. They're the worst scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> like, or like New York, even like New York Magazine, like shit like The Cut I'm, I'm thinking of nowadays. Shit like The Cut. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is like, I won't say her name because it's like I'd get in trouble. But there's this Toronto writer who started writing for some New York publications and they sent her to Art Basel. And her whole piece was about how no one wanted to talk to her. And I'm like, yeah, no one wanted to talk to you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) But you've got like a big, like big journal, like notepad and pen. You're like, what did you just say? Like, give me a break. (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, hopefully the show continues to show how like fucking lame it is to be a fucking journalist in New York City. (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) Like whether it's intentional or not, I feel like it does. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like the thing with the show is that it's like it is camp, and a people. Yes. I mean, to be clear about camp right now, from the fucking get, people get camp wrong, and it's been pissing me off lately. Yeah. Um, like camp versus kitsch. Camp versus kitsch, exactly. And mm. like, 
like this piss like the that stupid new um SNL sketch about Megan pissed me off. I hated that Ugh. a lot. Yeah. Hated yeah. hated that a lot. And like the yeah, the reason is it's just like like there's like a certain type of like surveillance of gay people that happens and the and they like yeah. they think they they think they've cracked the code, but it's like god damn, you guys need to understand like it's about putting full effort and committing and like truly committing and yeah and that's like what i appreciate about sex in the city is that everybody is committed to um these characters um for sure and so it allows yeah it allows us to be like yeah that doesn't it doesn't matter if she thinks she's cool it's like it's our you know <laughs> it's our it's our call ultimately <laughs> And um, a big, like, thing I noticed, too, as someone who's watched a lot of the later episodes is, um, and this is true of Gossip Girl as well, the pilot, they, I mean, both shows, like, a common thread of the shows is that they both have, like, the overarching narration, like, Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and City, and then Kristen Bell as Gossip Girl. Yes. Um, And both narrators are known to be, like, quite, kind of like shrill and like over the top and whatnot but i feel like they're both kind of chill and demure in the beginning like mm. still using their indoor voices slightly so well yeah they're, that they're, just, new, that feels they're really... new to it right so yeah totally so i find it a fa- it's fascinating just like watching watching them and watching a lot of the actors kind of like settle into who they're going to be for the next little while it's cool so you're gonna have to help me keep all the characters straight um because i'm still um terrible at oh fair enough yeah there's it. a lot of them um so yeah and so of course I, I figured out who carrie is already i think i have her down and um Aww. charlotte which one is the art the art <laughs> one which one's the art one charlotte, charlotte yeah charlotte's the art one and she's the one who is so far the most prudish right yes and then she's Samantha. definitely mm-hmm. and then Samantha. miranda is the we'll lawyer yeah yeah Samantha is more bold and she is even worse than Carrie in a lot of ways to me. Um, personally, she's the one who has the line um, to try to get Mr. Big where she says, I do the PR for this club and <laughs> the basement or whatever. Like The worst scum of this earth totally. are PR people. Like that yeah. is like the... scum of the earth as far as um ruining nightlife and ruining our neighborhoods uh in new york um so yeah i immediately have it out for samantha (laughs) yeah and like i mean she's a lot of our favorite but there are (laughs) these key moments like when big turns her down in the pilot there's these moments that are few and far between where people just see right through her and are just like, oh, I'm good. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like the it the reason why Mr. Big sees through her is that he is the ultimate PR psycho piece of shit. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, this is true. And he's he's like the because he's I mean, if he's like a Trump cipher, like they're saying, like he's like Trump, but if he's handsome or whatever, like, right. Yeah. And I feel like, um, 
Uh, I mean, like Trump already had like all these horrible associations back then, I suppose. Definitely. Um, no, they people legit thought he was handsome. Like, yeah. Ooh, and they make reference they make references to Trump in the episode. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they, and in regards to Mr. Big and Mr. Big is going to be the biggest Mary Sue of the show. I can already tell. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be you'll have to find out <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and the club of course is called chaos love that i think it's although it be looks like, like kind of boring for a club called does. chaos i don't know yeah but I, I, it, was I, just, I, it was a straight night like i'm sure the gay nights are more fun it, it's a chaos isn't a character that comes back um, not that I remember. I feel like okay. they, I don't really know that they, ugh, I forget. I'm so bad. I forget how many recurring Doesn't settings matter, that's there why are. We're watching the show. True. We'll I'll consider it. it my first rewatch. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, um, figure out what the recurring settings are. I thought maybe Chaos yeah. would be one. I've never yeah. paid close attention to that, but I feel like it's something that you would notice. Um, Definitely. Cause yeah. I was trying to figure out what club it's supposed to be. Like, is it supposed to be the Pyramid Club? Because um, I think there's a mix of fictional and non-fictional. Like, I feel like they go definitely. to a lot of real places. And then, like, at the time when the show is getting really popular, um, it would create this, like, crazy business boost for whichever, like, restaurant they filmed yes. at. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's, like, they're fictional names, but you can tell what, what the location is. Yeah. A lot of the time. Um, yeah. Which, and, like, as the gallery, show... I can definitely tell, but sure yeah the others, it was hard harder to figure out just for me and i'm sure i could look at, i could literally look it up though but yeah we're going by and like the show became like so exaggerated and it became like closer to gossip girl and vibes by the end but i think right. even from the beginning it like represents just this very like aspirational kind of like fantasy new york which is like Right. Why so many of us love it. They're like, I want to go there and do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. I want to come. <laughs> yeah. You can come uh, if you transition. You can come to the <laughs> That's my, um, my transit, trans, transient or um, transplant um, agreement. My New York that transplant. That seems fair. Agreement. I don't know. <laughs> Either you have to convert to bisexuality or transition. Um, Oh, yeah, because as we discussed um, <laughs> when I visited you earlier this year, yeah, I feel like for a good chunk of the 20th century, everyone in New York has been bisexual. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an important part of our cultural assimilation process. Yes, certainly. The other very, like, New York um, motif in the show is the fucking saxophone music. <laughs> Love that. Like, there's a funky jazz club within a block of wherever they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. the SNL band is just like. <laughs> yeah, all totally. Sick. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You think it had like notes of like noir. I think that's Yeah, true. that's something I found really striking uh, versus like how the show, when the show settles into its real vibe. I feel like the pilot, yeah, it's very kind of like neo-noir like like fleeting romance is the big mystery and she's like trying to solve the case you know yes. um and even in just like the camera angles and just like the nighttime scenes like it they really play up um an element of mystique that i find really intriguing and i kind of wish i'd like stayed 
a part of it. I don't know. For sure. Oh, and then uh, last but I guess and probably least is Miranda. Uh, I have not talked about Miranda at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm programmed to like Miranda. Like they want me. Like some for someone like me, mm-hmm. they want me to like Miranda. Um, because I like lesbians. Um, but oh yeah. Uh, and and I you know I love Cynthia Nixon. Um. <laughs> And uh, she she could have been our our governor, and we you know, right we fucked yeah. that up big big time. Um, uh, but it's for the best anyway, you know. Uh, but you know, I I was struck by how um T for T I got from Skipper and um oh Miranda. yeah and totally why my god. <laughs> and I mean, you'll kind of have to wait for and just like that to really explore that with uh, Miranda. But but no, it's kind of there the whole time when you watch the show back. No, it's very no, it's, it's totally there. Um, no, I like, love her. Yeah, I, um, the like doth she... protest too much feminist. <laughs> um, you might be trans. I'm sorry. Hmm. And she really doesn't get a ton of shine in the pilot, um, but yeah, no, you'll, she'll get hers. Yeah, yeah don't I don't really like, get a sense. Is she working in the publishing industry? What was it? Oh, she's a lawyer. I forget. She's a lawyer. She's like a lawyer. I forget what type of law, but. Publishing. But yeah, she's okay. very. She's very much the like. I'm too busy and sensible for love. Uh. Yeah, I'm the professional. I'm. I'm the. I'm. I'm woman. Hear me roar. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for the listeners who can't see what we're doing, I love that OK is like diligently like writing down character notes <laughs> to try and like keep everything straight. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I decided to take the podcast seriously for the first time when we're um, talking about Sex and the City and Gotham. <laughs> Yeah, these are the issues that matter. (laughs) Not keep covering uh, the labor issues. Just don't simply don't have the time. But I do have the time to take extensive notes about sex. (laughs) I mean, ultimately, what I will like impress upon is that I am like a fucking dyed in the wool Marxist, and I will keep um, taking taking the show back to like the physical economy and like class. As you should, yeah. That's like. And, and like, I mean, yeah, like it, the current moment uh, too, the parallels. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like as we're about to get into Gossip Girl in the next half hour, that presents itself like so much more blatantly. Yes, in so many ways. Totally. Yeah, so <laughs> totally. Yeah, the Let Sex in the City zone it. is like more fuzzy because yeah, we're starting to see these kind of like parallels, like. I see a lot of present day Queens and parts of Brooklyn as mm. the nineties Manhattan that's depicted. Totally. Um, that makes sense. And uh and yeah, and like and I guess like what does that mean? Are we gonna like jump the shark and become really insufferable? Probably. Yes. Probably. probably. <laughs> um It's probably like happening like right the second <laughs> yesterday <laughs> we have you know i mean i, I like, 
Yes, go ahead. I mean, I visit um I visit New York like two or three times a year on average and I feel like mm-hmm. that those are really interesting intervals of time just to notice like the subtle changes because I'm usually like staying at the same friend's house and going to the same places. Um, and the friend I stay with is like uh, like East Williamsburg um, near the Graham Avenue station. So yeah, totally. for a while, I feel like it was very like untouched by all the changes yeah. happening around. And it's only in the last, like since since covid i feel like there's finally the big uptick in like bullshit nothing stores nearby you know so yeah um yeah it's it happens you know the 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 l train construction halted oh yeah a good amount of things in that particular area um but it's coming like they really tried it like they literally tried to take down like the avenue of the Puerto Rico sign, um, which is like crazy, like crazy. And they, they did put it back, but it's like just the fact that they're like, there's all these like things that they're like trying to, there. It's like, they're like litmus tests of like, are they gone yet? Mm. Are they gone yet? Are the regular people gone? Like, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's happening and and if we if we don't if yeah if we don't find a a way to meaningfully fight back like we will become like all you know all of us like will become like william like williamsburg proper is now which is like you know luxury hotels everywhere like yeah um disgusting buildings plagues like it's like it's it's brunch 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 all all brunch and not even like good uh, homey neighborhoodly it's it's just um brunch for the pr set for the (laughs) public relations fucking nightmare people who read and watch these horrible um (laughs) platforms you know well i mean if i can give a quick aside about uh, I worked at the same restaurant yeah. in kind of a Williamsburg-y neighborhood in Toronto, like West Queen West. And yeah. towards the end, um, we had an uptick in the managers bringing in influencers to eat at the restaurant. And they had a deal oh. where the influencers got to eat for free in exchange for like taking pictures of the food and like posting the food. Um, so we'd always like be alerted that they were coming. We'd have to like comp their bill, seat them somewhere with nice lighting. And then they would like take their pictures and half of them like wouldn't even eat any of it. <laughs> we would just end up like throwing out all this shit. Um, no, and th- then Eric, I think, thank you for this. No, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And I think like towards, uh, I think in recent years, like I, I got laid off when lockdown happened, but, um sometimes when i walk past it yeah it was kind of a blessing in disguise um that particular aspect um (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah when i walk past the patio now sometimes i'm like is it all influencers now like is anyone actually like is anyone actually going to have a normal lunch there anymore i'm not sure because it's like a trendy vegan spot so it's like yeah yeah it's a whole thing um, no, and it like that's the thing. It's like that 
influencers beget influencers. I f- yeah. I, and the the bot like mentality that tech people have is a culture into of itself, and it's it, it's a disgusting and despicable culture that is um ap- like like it appalls me when I see it yeah. in my neighborhood and. We saw the roots of it in pilot episode of Gossip Girl. Oh my God. Thank you for the transition because I <laughs> no, won't but keep it's, going on my fucking highway. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's kind of the perfect moment to dive back into that because um, the whole premise of the show is just kind of the birth of Web 2.0, which yes. you and I thing. lived through and these characters yep. lived through who, I mean, I was born in 1990. And there's even, there's literally a moment where, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So like same diff, you know, like there's literally a moment where one of them's looking at their high school transcript and it says like year of birth, 1990. And I was like, whoa, okay. We were very much the target audience for this evil little show. Yeah, definitely. And you were saying, did you, you did watch it while it was airing or not at all? It was a specter, like, all around me. (laughs) Like, it started in 2007. Um, So Mm -hmm. I would have been finishing high school, pointedly did not watch it because I was not out of the closet yet and only liked Radiohead and, like, Alan Moore (laughs) comics. So I We were very similar, dude. (laughs) Yeah. But no, Gossip Girl, I was like, ugh, this seems like the worst plague on society. Like, we'll never watch it. And And it was very much, we were kind of right. I think we were right to not watch it at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the correct call. I think it was probably bad to watch at the time, like, for your brain. Yes. Um, Like, girls now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I firmly um, believe that. Uh, yeah, because I mean, the show is very much an outgrowth of the OC, which was like kind of the mid, like early mid two yes. thousands big teen drama. But I feel OC. like Gossip Girl. I wrote, really, I wrote like, Dawson's Creek. Oh, I mean, <laughs> like you could say Dawson's Creek to the OC to Gossip to OC, Girl. Like yeah, each yeah, one, yeah, yeah. each one yeah. getting a little more like deep fried yes. and mutated. Totally. And like Gossip Girl is really the crux of that because it's almost like self-aware in how shitty it is. Yeah. And like the culture that it's like describing, which was a real thing that was starting to happen around then. um, Of just kind of like people becoming like niche internet celebrities. I mean, that's like so commonplace now, but I think it was quite novel. In particular, rich children. Rich children are who had access to the internet and had free range to use it during this time period and had the i okay (laughs) i had the um pink motorola flip phone um i did i had it uh i but I, i didn't get my first phone until like my senior year of high school so it was more like for me it was more like I 2009 like, or something. Yeah. yeah. I resisted till the end of high school because it was like kind of cool to not have a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I like, I think at the time I was really alienated by the, like the, I don't know, like the way it was changing how my friends interacted who did have them. 
Um, yeah. But then when I went off to university, like I had to get one. Um, like my parents kind of forced me to. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I didn't really want was, one. Yeah. I didn't really want yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was kind of like, ugh, it seems like a burden. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And it was. Yeah. But, um, but it was um, pretty in pink. I, lo- I did love my pretty in pink flip phone. Oh, jelly. It sounds cute. It cool. <laughs> I mean, I think like the family that I, like someone like me was supposed to relate to what is Serena's or no, no, not, no, not Serena. What? I, I got to get the names right. I'll never do oh, it. Oh, um, there was a um, music dad. Who's music dad? Yeah. Music dad. Rufus Humphrey. Rufus. Um, Rufus. Father of Dan the Humphrey. Humphreys. Dan yes. and Jenny. Dan and Jenny's yeah. divorced parents, um, m- music industry downwardly mobile. That was uh, very much my <laughs> sitch um, oh, yeah. growing up. I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're but, very much the POV, like yeah. middle class family. But then when yeah. you look back watching it now, um, their home setting is supposed to be oh in stark contrast to the opulence of yeah, everyone else's. Exactly. But I'm like, that's a gorgeous it's Brooklyn great. loft. Like, it's great. no, it's great. <laughs> it's a beautiful I mean, home. I get, I get, like, yeah. So I have like, I have these um, stepsisters who like grew up in like a loft, kind of like that, but in Manhattan, and they are very different than like the much wealthier like we own a townhouse or like i don't know like we own like yeah. a huge boat. like it is different but it's like still mm-hmm. like you're like okay calm down like this isn't like that <laughs> like, this is not <laughs> squalor like oh my god <laughs> yeah but no uh, i as i got into university um gossip girl was at like the height of its relevance like i lived in residence for one year um and like all the girls on my floor would watch it religiously every week and i remember just walking past the common room being like um but within like a year of that probably i was probably like vibing at the gay club to like all the music they play on this show like i did kind of come around to the sensibilities (laughs) oh i mean it's that but it's 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 weird because it's like it's like a photocopy of a photocopy of a sensibility i don't know yeah yeah Um, it's like (laughs) um yeah okay it's and it and something i thought was notable was like it is like very much like the same opening as sex in the city um but instead it's what's her name like serena coming from connecticut on the metro north yes yeah it's like oh yeah now you're 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 in you're back in the big city from you know come coming in on the metro north um instead of instead of you know a car um <laughs> like i don't know like from who knows and where. there's a bit of noir-esque mystery surrounding her just in terms of like why was she away for a year yeah how many people's boyfriends did she sleep with time will tell you know um no and it really (laughs) sorry (laughs) no go on about the art fucking art the art like (sighs) it's like it just feels to me like it's like um 
like in general, things are declining from the nineties, like atmospherically, like even totally. though the children depicted in this show are much wealthier, like, um, than the sex in the city girls, the sex in the city girls were wealthier in assets in a way. And, and taste level. And taste and like, and like culture uh yeah. or like like in in it's hard to quantify um but it's like i don't know like they mentioned like um one of the like dad like dads at the party or something mentions uh buy like buying like uh like the prospect of buying a takashi murakami like i assume like oh, <laughs> or something like oh, that yeah. <laughs> and it's like that was like very much like of the like i remember going to a takashi murakami uh show at the brooklyn museum in like 2005 and that was like mm-hmm. like he was very much the like next next jeff coons sort of thing um <laughs> like i mean as uh as the countess luann once said in her famous single money can't buy you class <laughs> and you kind of see that with um yeah you know like you can be rich as fuck but you can't escape the aesthetic horror of the mid-2000s like everyone's yes. wearing those like vests like i was guilty of that myself back in the day like i'd be wearing like a baby tee yeah. but i'd be like let's throw a vest on it oh i wore so <laughs> many vests <laughs> but i would i was kind of cool when i was kind of cool when i was in high school like i will say like i because i I embraced a lot of um like that kind of Harajuku influence but like mm-hmm. in my own local way instead of like trying to buy the fancy brands like <laughs> just like get really good at thrifting or whatever and like I think you like my own necklaces. from the photos you've shown me of you <laughs> in high school I feel like you had access to like the good secret sauce in the midst of like all the fashion chaos from that era like, I feel yeah. like you kind of, like, I don't know, you embodied kind of the, like, best and most extreme aspects of it, which everyone <laughs> is, like, really hard for now. <laughs> it was, well, it was partially was growing up in Dutchess County instead of growing up in the city. Um oh, yeah. Was, like, I could visit the city all the time <laughs> on the Metro North, um, <laughs> but... uh. I didn't have to like compete with like the price point of the city. I could like find, mm. like get influences from that that scene and that milieu, and take it back to my really cheap thrift stores in my area. Like Ugh, the dream, was kind of like how I ended up being. I think, and it, yeah, I, I but yeah, there was like a lot of like bad like weird uh fashion nobody really oh knew yeah what to do. i remember even <laughs> like living through those times i remember talking with my friends being like how's anyone gonna be nostalgic about this shit but now i don't know like i am yeah. in like a weird kind of like tongue-in-cheek way um there's so many things that are emblematic of the times just in the pilot episode um like uh dan humphrey dan humphrey's dad has this like flop 90s band that's doing a reunion show and, and it's, he's it's, putting it's played up... as a joke it's played as a big joke yeah, yeah. but he's, he's 
and he's putting posters up around town. And then his son, Dan, is like, hey, dad, have you ever heard of this thing called MySpace? MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and then his dad says, well, maybe if musicians got off their blogs and picked up their guitars, the music scene would be in better shape. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> daddy, had a, daddy had a point. Um, yeah. And he's so cute. I yeah gossip girl has that thing that the oc really championed where you have like hot 25 year old teenagers and then hot 35 year old parents <laughs> like these parents are not feasibly like oh God, old yeah. enough to be the parents of these kids but they're all sexy <laughs> yes yeah and i will say like that we're also both me and eric are both gonna be really colored by um charlie marka better's uh gossip girl fanfic novella oh my god <laughs> i can't believe we didn't bring that up before now yeah you forced me to read this book or suggested and then i think i read it faster than i've read anything in a long time and it's one of the few books i've finished so and been like okay i could read that again <laughs> right it's like oh my god it's like yeah it, it uh, and and that's like why i ultimately wanted to do um actually engage with these two shows in a way because like we have this moment where we're like we're we're like making fanfic of it and it's like okay well yeah <laughs> let's 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 really yeah let's really think about let's it dig into I the guess. source baby yeah into the source um but yeah i mean um going back to like yeah hot yeah everyone's hot um, and that's like half the fun is that it's just like hot people on TV. So I get like why people got so into it and engrossed by it. Um, like, but I mean, the dad I feel has like, a, yeah. Oh, I just feel like we're um, where Sex in the City takes a second to kind of like sort itself and become the machine that it became. I feel like Gossip Girl is like engineered to be what it was like what you see in the pilot episode is basically the gist of the whole show. Like it's oh the God. thesis of the show, which then they somehow spread out over like so 120 long. episodes. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> melodrama. It's yes, like, for it, sure. it's like soap opera melodrama. Like, and uh, in keeping with two thousands vibes. Yeah. It's very like, very kind of processed, like fast food version yeah. of a teen drama like just so kind of like amped up to 11 all the time like it's like every meal is dessert you know and going back to them being like the fun in their, of it going back to them being like in like like they look like they're 20 and they are 20 technically the actors or whatever yeah. like they're always drinking they're constantly drinking i think <laughs> i think that's how the show gets away with um having these kids in these crazy like lurid scenarios <laughs> They're all drinking at the hotel. They're like, they're yeah. supposed to be 17. One of the main characters, Chuck Bass, tries to like rape two girls yes, in the pilot episode. Racist. I gotta That's one say, thing. Mm, okay, go I, I do gotta say, like, as like somebody who kind of grew up in like this, in a similar milieu, like, like I had overlap with a lot of city kids, like really, mm -hmm. really wealthy city kids. Because a lot of city kids would come and summer in oh, Dutchess County. Sure. Dutchess yeah. County 
has a lot of really, really wealthy people and extremely impoverished trailer park people. Like, like it's mm. like got the entire spectrum and, um, and yeah, I went to public school in, uh, in Dutchess County and, but I, I ended up knowing private school kids in Dutchess County um, just for being neighbors and and stuff and the, the internet also. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and then like, yeah, and then maintaining relationships with kids from the city because of the internet um, hmm. yeah. that I would meet in the summer when they were come visit in the summer. And then I would go visit them in the city uh, and spend time in their extremely luxury fucking upper east side apartments so i have some actual um experience with this world at this time which is also probably why i could never actually watch this show because no you need a little bit of a remove for sure but yeah there's as there's aspects to that that are that to me feel like kind of real like the city kids that i would meet in the summer felt to me much more mature they it felt to me like i i remember like noting this when i was in middle school i was like dude i just want to be a kid for longer than like (laughs) these guys like these these like my friends from the city like they all like like lost their virginity really young or like yeah like or were, were drinking more doing more drugs like and and Mm -hmm. kind of brought a lot of that kind of vibe to my group of friends in a way like like Mm. not just the wealthier people from from the city but the wealthier people in Dutchess County in general like there was this contingent of kind of like kids from the kids who were going to Bard who would like kind of a mesh with our high the high school kids and like we would like often like pretend we were older and uh (laughs) like like do like shit like that like that was like that was kind of part of life um yeah when i think about it like i don't think it's unrealistic no no Um, i think there's totally something to it um like i mean i grew up in ottawa and went to the downtown high school Um, but there is a cross section of us. Like there's like us kind of like middle, like middle, upper middle class kids of like government employees. But then there was like the rich, rich kids who lived off of downtown and they were always like the, definitely the biggest troublemakers, like, like doing like Coke and grade nine, like totally crazy. Um, and I feel like that hardening from a young age, must also come from like f- the fucked up family dynamics that come from being in a rich family like that, which is something I think Gossip Girl explores really thoughtfully actually, and is like also a real thing is I feel like when there's like a ton of money and legacy thrown into a family dynamic, like um, it makes the, it makes parental love feel so conditional and so kind of like yeah. compromised by money. So like, obviously there's like so many advantages kids like this had and have growing up, but so much of it's like unenviable too. Like it seems like really sad. 
yeah, that's how, yeah, that's definitely how I felt growing up. I was like, yeah, I don't mm -hmm. necessarily want to be like this. No, but, no. I don't know. Like we had our own ways of corrupting the city kids too. So, I mean, I, like, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it, it goes, it, yeah, it all like, we're all like a mesh in like the same, like kind of yeah. economy or whatever, but. Yeah, I but don't on the know. show it's funny. You've got like, yeah, you've got Dan and his family is like the the middle class POV characters show. So the show really straddles this balance of like glamorizing all the luxury and whatnot. But there's also such an element of like Schadenfreude, and like you're supposed to kind of like yeah look down on all the rich kids and be like, what the fuck? And that's totally like part of the fun of the show. But um, before we talked about doing this after reading charlie's book i've been like binge watching the whole series and i've watched like three seasons in the last month which has been terrible for my brain um <laughs> but i feel like when i watch too many episodes in a row i just feel like really bad because <laughs> it's like not it's often just like not like a morally like nice show to watch it makes you like I'm like, oh my god! Like, am I Machiavellian with all of my girlfriends? No, <laughs> but well, yeah, it's very. It, it gets in you line, into like that headspace. It's like, uh, yeah, like shit with like aristocratic courts or whatever, where yeah, it's like yeah. intrigue, constant intrigue. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I don't know. It, to to me, like, yeah, I don't know. To me, I feel like like stuff. Uh, I don't know more. I, I, it would be cool if it was like a more like direct like charlie's book is the version of the show that i wish the show was totally you know I mean? like oh that's like God. that's yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can't, every time i think about it i'm like i would just wish this was real because it's like it's, there's like, then it's moments, like actually saying something yeah there's like moments where the show almost gets there like it has moments of profundity where you're like okay okay i see you <laughs> <laughs> and on a superficial level as like a teen of the 2000s it's just wild to watch it as this time capsule like every every song yeah. they play was like super hot on the radio or like mtv slash much oh. music um yeah. like they have like <clears throat> like rihanna like early rihanna single like yeah justin timberlake like future sex love sounds single oh. um and my personal favorite, one of the early like Timbaland solo songs that they play at the at the like kissing party was? thing. Oh. <laughs> and that song was huge when I first started going out to gay bars in 2008. So I always joke with friends that whenever I hear that specific Timbaland song, I instantly feel like I've had like four shots of tequila. I'm like, ugh. What? <laughs> Is the kind of thing where if they made it now, if they were like, if they were like, we're making a show set in 2007 and they made that today, people would be like, oh, that's too on the nose. Like it couldn't have been that crazy, but it was. But, you know, and it's good. And it's good that it's that on. It's good that it's that on the nose. And it's yeah. And it is, and it is like it does give us like interesting glimpses into like um like the the create like the cultural or creative economy of the the time like you know like it is like the poof hairstyle like well, okay, yeah. oh or like or like the, the fact that they're at they're at like a brooklyn they're at like a williamsburg gallery instead of a manhattan yeah. gallery now yeah. they're at 
it like it looks like pierogi or it looks like it looks like you know one of the one of the ones in fucking williamsburg like or i don't know like they're at angel like they're like they're at like a bar the bar where like serena has sex with what's his name it looks like um that bar angel um angels whatever that used to be where village yokocho is um which was one of the last like holdout like St. Mark's place areas for like the 2010s and and, oh, and stuff like it you know and it wasn't until like uh covid time where uh like they were finally shuttered like Ugh. these types of like place like it's like it's like similar to like me noting like oh there's like a yaffa's type place in sex in the city mm. oh there's like a the there's like an angels in like whatever what was that place called angel's egg or whatever <laughs> like place cut like in gossip girl like it's like it's all like uh following a linear linear path of gentrification um yeah totally <laughs> well as i was saying to you before too i feel like um towards the end of sex and city the show and especially getting into the two movies i feel like that's where the two franchises truly like venn diagram overlap i think they came oh, i think God. sex and city one came out and came out in 2008 i believe um so i don't know i just feel like the tackiness wow, and yeah. like 2000s excess really? is really like matched at that point it's kind of um kind of gross <laughs> and yeah. um I'm excited for you to get more into Gossip Girl, especially because um, they kind of incorporate and react to the financial crisis like in real time. Oh yeah, that's like exciting. it starts, the crash. I, that's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it be becomes it becomes kind of a subplot <laughs> and something that they mention all the time. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's. that's good. They're like, oh, why isn't this girl at this party? And the Owen's like, oh, her dad is an investment banker. They like had to move away. <laughs> They're like, holy shit. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Like, yeah, the the quote unquote anti capitalist indie sleaze dad, that trajectory where that goes. Mm. <laughs> also only one way to find out <laughs> check internet spoilers no <laughs> <laughs> um well okay before we wrap up we have to do our segment so um i'm queuing i'm queuing our segment now our <laughs> oh, God. oh shit <laughs> that's right it's our segment labels or love <laughs> How, how do we feel? Who are we identifying with? I think we've already touched on it. Mm. Is this limited to Sex and City or can it be either no, like a character from either show? Or One both? from each. Okay. One from each. <gasps> oh, I f should I go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. How are you feeling? Okay. I feel like I talk more. I think, I think about this a lot. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm resigned to being like quite a Miranda these days um, mm. just because I like work too much and I'm not nurturing my romantic life enough. So mm. um, ugh, yeah, her and Charlotte are the ones that no one ever wants to admit to being 
because Miranda is like kind of prudish and Charlotte's a Pollyanna, but mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know? <laughs> it is and then it in is. terms, oh my God, um, everyone on Gossip Girl is a little harder to relate to. Um, you don't have to. It's most, hmm. it's, it's you do yours and I'll think about mine for Gossip well, Girl. Well, I'll say, I'll say like for, I'm, I feeling, I'm feeling very Carrie-ish right now mm-hmm. i'm feeling very like i'm the um narrator of my life um and totally i could see that um i'm uh uh being a little i'm being a little bold and then talking about it <laughs> um uh and yeah and i might be annoying we'll see um <laughs> and and then yeah for yeah for gossip girl I uh I I relate to I related to which one was the girl whose like mom was like constantly like you're not thin. <laughs> oh Blair, yeah, the brunette. <laughs> Blair who's like a total asshole. I mean Blair's all they're all so awful. So it's like like <laughs> at least with Sex in the City they're like yeah, they're stupid but they're not like totally awful. You know? Yeah, it's not like they're not like coming from bad faith vibes necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Blair's a good pick. I don't know. Cause I feel similarly, maybe like you have a tough exterior, but um you just want to be loved under the surface. I know. I'm a little bit Blair constantly getting uh well that's how I I feel like I relate to Blair. I would have related to Blair growing up as a girl, um, with like constantly being told like oh you have to present this certain way and like that being mm. enforced or whatever it right was. yeah that 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 hit home for me and then like the um uh fucking humphrey dan humphrey um mm-hmm. is he the guy go- he is he the gossip girl i'm guess <laughs> oh yeah should we just like is he the gossip me. girl Yes, I mean, cause, yeah. Because that's from the from the book, from Charlie's book. Yeah, Charlie book. spills it in the book. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I mean, it like makes sense and doesn't make sense when you go back and watch the show um, because yeah. there's like all these plot holes where um, Gossip Girl posts something like has and Dan like reacts to it or something. He's like, oh my God. But maybe he did a schedule send, you know? Yeah, it's um, true. And he's acting. <laughs> yeah. And in the opening, in the very first opening sequence of the first episode, when Gossip Girl's narrating the first ever post we see in the show, it cuts right to Dan looking at his laptop, like hovering over it. So there are these like little moments where you're like, yeah. 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 I feel like I was looking for it because of the book. But like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I can see how he's the Gossip Girl. He's kind of like doth protest too much about it and. Oh my god, my cop-out answer for who I am for Gossip Girl is Serena's gay younger brother because um, I also had a lot of chunky highlights oh. in the 2000s. <laughs> I love that. and um, yeah, He's I, a great I, I, character. He's like the one... Uh, he's like not in every episode, but he's like to a fault, kind of like the one voice of reason and like... Um, Kind yeah, he tries of to kill himself. Wise. Like, <laughs> oh, he's like, get me out of this timeline. Get me out of here. <laughs> Fuck this. 
<laughs> I get it, dude. I get it. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, throughout the show, he's just like omnisciently and wisely trying to like course correct everyone from doing stupid shit. And he's like, like 15 or something. <laughs> oh, so I'm him. No. The children, <laughs> the future. The children are our future. Yeah. Um, well, this was maybe we'll get into the reboot at some point. I only watched a few episodes of it, but I was not impressed. There's so much more. Oh, yeah. So what are we going to do? That's the other thing. Um, uh, the math. We, have to, we need help. Someone needs to figure out our oh schedule God. for us. How are we going to do yeah. this? I mean, I could try to do this math. Um, but Well, each show, both shows have six seasons. Yes. So it could be a matter of doing like a few Gossip Girl episodes per Sex and the City episode. Right. Because it's like 10 episodes for Sex and City versus 20 something, 20 odd for Gossip Girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be at least two Gossip Girls a week. Oh my God. (laughs) And then one Sex and the City and then, like, but then is there any other besides the movies, Sex in the City supplemental? Isn't there a new Sex in the City? Am I wrong? Oh yeah, I'd, a new oh, one? I'd love to talk about the new one and just like <laughs> that. <laughs> it's coming back soon. I think season two comes out this summer. But then, but then should we save it because there's the Gossip Girl reboot? We could do the reboot Sex in the City reboot. Gossip that would be really cool, actually, because I feel like they have similar pitfalls that are like both very indicative of like late 2010s, early 2020s media. That's gonna be in insufferable. Mm, the other, yeah. yeah, my other, my other thought was reading some of the book. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I mean, like, just to have something. <laughs> Okay, I'm not saying no, but I'll <laughs> think about it. I'll marinate in that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love reading garbage. I love. Yeah, I mean, so much easier. All I read is X Men these days. I mean, a lot of that's not garbage, but that's some of it not is garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I hope people like our little show because this is what we have the capacity this to do what right you're now. what you're getting you know as um the you know the main the the main reason we we haven't been able to get art and labor together lately is that neither of my co-hosts are super i mean i'm also very busy but my co-hosts are like very very busy or like just not in the podcast zone um no fair enough i don't know and you all cover like it's kind of real deal heavy shit and i feel like you probably need we need the to pace yourselves with that a little bit, you know. We were really like taking it on the fucking chin for four years straight. Like, yeah, I was very impressed. Dive yeah. in, get really into it, and it is, and it is something that I still can't help but, for me, like keep keep abreast of. Of and, course, yeah, um, uh, yeah. We're just we just got to. It works its out way into all this shit too. God it will. It will continue to work its way into this unnamed show. God names. Figure that out. I wonder if Gossip Girl, I haven't gotten this far into it yet. I wonder if Gossip Girl will ever address like Occupy or anything like that. Oh. <laughs> I hope so. 20, does it get to 2012? Because I think that's. I think that's so. I think, I think that's when it ends. That might be the last season. 
Time will tell. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, that's that's exciting. That's exciting, honestly. Like to see where these fucking how how like the mainstream kind of is is processing this stuff and like it also helps me yeah it helps me understand like why people are the way they are when they like consume like they grew up consuming media like this you know yeah it's kind of like with gossip girl especially it's such a like chicken or egg situation like was it was it perpetuating the vibes that were around or was it like creating them Probably like a bit yeah. of both. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of media is like, to like, I really do think of me, a lot of media is like enforcement mechanisms. It's like mm-hmm. showing like, like, look, this is what you're up against. Like, like the current one that I watch is Secession. Oh, I haven't um, seen that. It's set in present day and it's like a shitty uh, billionaire family that like owns like a Fox news type conglomerate. Like, um, like they own, like they own the entire media conglomerate and then also like have like their fingers in all of these like other business Mm. ventures. And you like, you see like all the tendrils and you see like the helicopters and you see the yachts and you see like they're traveling all over the world and can just like do that. And like, and they do. And it's like it's a hugely high budget show that like shows everything. Mm. Mm, and interesting. Maybe I'll check I it really out. like it. I really like it's genuinely um, a really entertaining and it's because it's really funny. Like it's it's written. Nice. <laughs> it's kind of like a Arrested Development almost like to me. Like oh, it's like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That like but really, really, really high budget. Um <laughs> So it's like insane. Uh, and, we'll see. But, I sometimes don't have the stomach to watch a lot of new stuff, which is why this yes. podcast is oh perfect for me because I have watched both of these to some extent. Oh, well, we're <laughs> we're um we're full fledged cultural analysts. Um, analysts. Oh my god. Um, uh... We're, we're full fledged <laughs> cultural analysts, and as analysts, the experts. Like, because okay, think about it. Like you know the the. The, sh- the type of shit that we do, like, like you know, doing Sonic 2006 Club for the past <laughs> seven years, being like, this is the vibe. This is the vibe. This is what I'm cultivating. This is what I'm cultivating. And now the full on full culture is like, we're ready. We're all doing we're all doing mm-hmm. 2000s, early 2000s throwback shit everywhere. You know? Yeah. It's like, this is our time like like and it it you know i'm not i don't i don't know how it's gonna like disappear or whatever but for now it's like this like really interesting time of like let's if we like studying the aughts i think is gonna like help us understand kind of like where to to go like I think so. I mean, and I think for us specifically, um, we're of the age where it's the first time that something we were really conscious for and living through is experiencing this like nostalgia wave. Like I've I have a lot of friends who are like more in the Xennial, like early Gen X demographic, and I feel like they I kind of watched them go through that a bunch of years ago with like nineties nostalgia. 
especially yeah. when it came to like music and like some culture stuff where they're just like, Oh my God, I was there for this. It's weird to see it refracted back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. As you were saying earlier, I feel like the 2000s are an especially weird one to have go through like a nostalgia loop because um, it was like so like rotted and like remixed yeah, it, and weird to begin with, you know? I think it's fruitful in a way because yeah. it, like I think they're actually – because we've talked about this before, but I think the kids are actually doing an interesting job making it its own thing like mm -hmm. like like and kind of building on it in a way that um is all is like like kind of its own yeah its own culture um and not just like uh one-to-one -one nostalgia remake yeah they i feel like when i see when i see like gen z kids um appropriating parts of the 2000s stuff they are infusing it with this like new like irony or like significance or commentary that like wasn't in it originally like it does feel it feels kind of like remixed and elevated in this really funny way i don't know they know what yeah. they're doing it's terrifying it's, <laughs> and admirable it's, it's cool it's cool <laughs> and it's like it, I think it's like an opportunity to kind of like inject, yeah, a, more of a worldview than like just irony, right? Yeah. Like, like that's ultimately like because we see I'm where that got us in the two thousands. Like, it just exactly. created, it just created a bunch of like reactionary edge lords who became white nationalists. Yeah, yeah, and they, oh. and they oh. have their like you know, um, they're like ill-gotten gains that they got f from the, the upward mobility of making that deal. Like, you know, they, they have, they have to live in that Manhattan. They all have to live in that Manhattan <laughs> that they made that lower Manhattan. Totally. Um, ah. that's their problem. And <laughs> it's becoming my problem in Queens more and more. And, I'm interested in combating it in a real way, ultimately, is why yeah. I'm interested in cultural analytics. Mm. Well, it's but. a good fight. I don't know. I think it's good stuff. I mean, and Tor Toronto is not uh, like all this stuff is remakeable in every city. I'm a, you know, I'm a New York person. All the like the media is about New York. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the um, that's like the materiality that i'm working with but it's easily applied to any other city and don't people who are in other cities i think should like realize that like you can apply this to your like cultural significance and your cultural significance matters even though hbo isn't mm -hmm. making a show about it and your local regional economies are sustainable and possible to to like like exist like and, and should exist and should be preserved oh and should say like, it louder for everyone it, in toronto Fuck. <laughs> i feel like we really we really struggle with that um it matters like yeah it does yeah um like, and it's hard it's hard to grasp and uphold here um with our proximity to the u.s and just like the precedent of or the lack of precedent of um like a 
cultural narrative or history, like we kind of, we like don't give that a lot of recognition and it's kind of by design um, from like the powers that be, I think. So yeah, no, it's why big tech, like it really try like descended on, on Toronto and tried to do a lot of those like really insane projects to. Yeah. 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 And And, um, thankfully a couple of those did not go through. Um, Like they wanted to build a whole Google neighborhood near right. the waterfront in Toronto that was going to be like uh semi autonomous or something like it was going right. to be whatever the word is for like an ocracy that's run by a corp- like a corporatocracy is that a word yeah like like <laughs> how know. disney disney world is or whatever <laughs> yeah they had, yeah like, their own laws and regulations i mean that's like hudson yards for us like hudson sure. yards hudson yards has its own electrical grid separate from the city and like jesus christ yeah the, these types of like like that's that's like the power they have they have the power to like make their their own like sovereignty while leeching off of like the rest of us oh um, yeah you know like that's what that's the power big tech has to to displace um local economies and if you have a local economy that's like intact like making making that thrive yeah is is yeah is always going to be like like important like you because i mean yeah i i i get like people get really obsessed with with representation of course and um and like you know want yeah wanting to see like their your experiences like reflected but like you could also you can relate your experiences to other people's experiences especially like because a lot of these cities like do share culture, like just in the way that they yeah, are structured. Yeah, totally. I think like um, I think media you consume should be. I it's I'm like stealing a quote I saw from someone um, that it doesn't always have to be a mirror. It should actually be like more of a door. I kind of love that. Just about like stepping outside yourself and like getting a bigger picture sense of things. Yeah. It's true. Which is what Gossip Girl will afford us, I'm sure. <laughs> we have a long road ahead of us. My God. I know. I know. <laughs> we'll, 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 shut, we'll shut the book on this episode. Um, Eric, do you have anything um, coming up that you want to announce right now? or Not right now, right now. But as we were saying before, I have a book coming out later this spring called 2AM Eternal Collecting uh nightlife posters and comics that i've done for the last 10 years most of them are toronto based with a few new york ones including one of your parties um and yeah i mean as we were talking about just kind of like local cultural history and stuff this is kind of an attempt of mine to um uh just like formulate a bit of a narrative about the last 10 years of like what i was up to in toronto and what a few of our scenes looked like so i was able to get write-ups from like over 30 uh like artists drag queens collaborators whatnot um so as it gets closer to its release i'm going to announce like a few book launch events in the u.s so stay tuned um very excited to do all that that's gonna be so sick um yeah we're we're doing a a cyber ludes release party um, oh hell yeah i heard about that Thopos, zine um on saint patty's day and oh. then 
Um, there is the the date for Sonic Sonic 2006 Club has been announced. It is April 15th, tax day. <sighs> so hey. everybody, I mean, it's not going to actually be tax day because it's a Saturday, but <laughs> um, everybody save the date. It's going to be wild. It's going to start late. It's going to start at, at 11, but it's going to start right on time. So, um, gear up for that. Um, yeah. And thanks, thanks everybody for sticking with, um, art and labor as we were in, um, hiatus for a long time. I hope you enjoyed this in the, in between, um, uh, uh, hopefully more, more politics, politics episodes in the future. <laughs> we shall i'm happy see. i'm happy to fill the gap with uh 2000s music commentary in the meantime <laughs> that's yeah. important too <laughs> yeah if, if you know if this is everybody's comfort zone right now um welcome <laughs> we've been waiting for you yeah uh, it's certainly been mine <laughs> <laughs> the trance the trance episode is coming Oh, <laughs> can't okay. wait. Okay, till soon. Thank Bye. you. Oh, oh is your sign off going to be again? Oh, yeah. Your Serena. Your Serena. Oh, Bye. yeah. Um, as Serena says at least three times an episode, oh, I gotta go. Oh, I gotta go.